Book six, chapters three and four of the Antiquities of the Jews, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicola K. The Antiquities of the Jews, Volume Two by Flavius Josephus, translated by William Whiston. Book Six, Chapters Three and Four. Chapter Three. How Samuel, when he was so infirm with old age, that he could not take care of the public affairs, entrusted them to his sons, and how upon the evil administration of the government by them the multitude were so angry, that they required to have a king to govern them, although Samuel was much displeased thereat. But Samuel the prophet, when he had ordered the affairs of the people after a convenient manner, and had appointed a city for every district of them, he commanded them to come to such cities, to have the controversies that they had one with another determined in them, he himself going over those cities twice in a year, and doing them justice, and by that means he kept them in very good order for a long time. But afterwards he found himself oppressed with old age, and not able to do what he used to do. So he committed the government and the care of the multitude to his sons, the elder of whom was called Joel, and the name of the younger was Abia. He also enjoined them to reside and judge the people, the one at the city of Bethel and the other at Beersheba, and divided the people into districts that should be under the jurisdiction of each of them. Now these men afford us an evident example and demonstration of how some children are not of the like dispositions with their parents, but sometimes perhaps good and moderate, though born of wicked parents, and sometimes showing themselves to be wicked, though born of good parents. For these men, turning aside from their father's good courses, and taking a course that was contrary to them, perverted justice for the filthy lucre of gifts and bribes, and made their determinations not according to truth, but according to bribery, and turned aside to luxury and a costly way of living, so that, as in the first place they practiced what was contrary to the will of God, so did they, in the second place, what was contrary to the will of the prophet their father, who had taken a great deal of care, and made a very careful provision that the multitude should be righteous. But the people upon these injuries offered to their former constitution and government by the prophet's sons were very uneasy at their actions, and came running to the prophet, who then lived at the city Rama, and informed him of the transgressions of his sons, and said that as he was himself old already, and too infirm by that age of his to oversee their affairs in the manner he used to do, so they begged of him and entreated him to appoint some person to be king over them, who might rule over the nation and avenge them of the Philistines, who ought to be punished for their former oppressions. These words greatly afflicted Samuel on account of his innate love of justice and his hatred to kingly government, for he was very fond of an aristocracy, as what made the men that used it of a divine and happy disposition. Nor could he either think of eating or sleeping out of his concern and torment of mind at what they had said, but all the night long did he continue awake and revolved these notions in his mind. While he was thus disposed, God appeared to him, and comforted him, saying, that he ought not to be uneasy at what the multitude desired, because it was not he, but himself whom they so insolently despised, 
and would not have to be alone their king that they had been contriving these things from the very day that they came out of Egypt, that, however, in no long time they would sorely repent of what they did, which repentance yet could not undo what was thus done for futurity, that they would be sufficiently rebuked for their contempt and the ungrateful conduct they have used towards me and towards thy prophetic office. So I command thee to ordain them such a one as I shall name beforehand to be their king when thou hast first described what mischiefs kingly government will bring upon them, and openly testified before them into what a great change of affairs they are hasting. When Samuel had heard this, he called the Jews early in the morning and confessed to them that he was to ordain them a king. But he said that he was first to describe to them what would follow, what treatment they would receive from their kings, and with how many mischiefs they must struggle. For know ye, said he, that in the first place they will take your sons away from you, and they will command some of them to be drivers of their chariots, and some to be their horsemen, and the guards of their body, and others of them to be runners before them, and captains of thousands, and captains of hundreds. They will also make them their artificers, makers of armor, and of chariots, and of instruments. They will make them their husbandmen also, and the curators of their own fields, and the diggers of their own vineyards. Nor will there be anything which they will not do at their commands, as if they were slaves bought with money. They will also appoint your daughters to be confectioners and cooks and bakers, and these will be obliged to do all sorts of work which women slaves that are in fear of stripes and torments submit to. They will, besides this, take away your possessions and bestow them upon their eunuchs and the guards of their bodies, and will give the herds of your cattle to their own servants, and to say briefly all at once, you and all that is yours will be servants to your king, and will become no way superior to his slaves. And when you suffer thus, you will thereby be put in mind of what I now say. And when you repent of what you have done, you will beseech God to have mercy upon you, and to grant you a quick deliverance from your kings. But he will not accept your prayers, but will neglect you, and permit you to suffer the punishment your evil conduct has deserved. But the multitude was still so foolish as to be deaf to these predictions of what would befall them, and too peevish to suffer a determination which they had injudiciously once made to be taken out of their mind for they could not be turned from their purpose nor did they regard the words of samuel but peremptorily insisted on their resolution and desired him to ordain them a king immediately and not trouble himself with fears of what would happen hereafter for that it was necessary they should have with them one to fight their battles and to avenge them of their enemies and that it was no way absurd when their neighbors were under kingly government that they should have the same form of government also so when Samuel saw that what he had said had not diverted them from their purpose, but that they continued resolute, he said, Go you every one home for the present. When it is fit, I will send for you. As soon as I shall have learned from God who it is that he will give you for your king. Chapter 4 The Appointment of a King over the Israelites, whose name was Saul, and this by the command of God. There was one of the tribe of Benjamin, a man of a good family and of a virtuous disposition. His name was Kish. He had a son, a young man of a comely countenance and of a tall body, 
but his understanding and his mind were preferable to what was visible in him. They called him Saul. Now this Kish had some fine she-asses that were wandered out of the pasture wherein they fed, for he was more delighted with these than with any other cattle he had. So he sent out his son and one servant with him to search for the beasts. But when he had gone over his own tribe in search after the asses, he went to other tribes, and when he found them not there neither, he determined to go his way home, lest he should occasion any concern to his father about himself. But when his servant that followed him told him as they were near the city of Ramah, that there was a true prophet in that city, and, ad and advised him to go to him, for that by him they should know the upshot of the affair with their asses, he replied that if they should go to him, they had nothing to give him as a reward for his prophecy, for their subsistence money was spent. The servant answered that he had still the fourth part of a shekel, and he would present him with that, for they were mistaken out of ignorance as not knowing that the prophet received no such reward. So they went to him, and when they were before the gates, they lit upon certain maidens that were going to fetch water, and they asked them which was the prophet's house. They showed them which it was, and bade them make haste before he sat down to supper, for he had invited many guests to a feast, and that he used to sit down before those that were invited. Now Samuel had then gathered many together to feast with him on this very account, for while he every day prayed to God to tell him beforehand whom he would make king, he had informed him of this man the day before, for that he would send him a certain young man out of the tribe of Benjamin about this hour of the day and he sat on top of the house in expectation of that time's being come. And when the time was completed, he came down and went to supper. So he met with Saul, and God discovered to him that this was he who should rule over them. Then Saul went up to Samuel and saluted him, and desired him to inform him which was the prophet's house, for he said he was a stranger and did not know it. When Samuel had told him that he himself was the person, he led him in to supper, and assured him that the asses were found which he had been to seek, and that the greatest of good things were assured to him. He replied, I am too inconsiderable to hope for any such thing, and of a tribe too small to have kings made out of it, and of a family smaller than several other families. But thou tellest me this in jest, and makest me an object of laughter, when thou discoursest with me of greater matters than what I stand in need of. However, the prophet led him into the feast, and made him sit down, him and his servant that followed him, above the other guests that were invited, which were seventy in number, and he gave orders to the servants to set the royal portion before Saul. And when the time of going to bed was come, the rest rose up, and every one of them went home. But Saul stayed with the prophet, he and his servant, and slept with him. Now as soon as it was day, Samuel raised up Saul out of his bed and conducted him homeward, and when he was out of the city, he desired him to cause his servant to go before, but to stay behind himself, for that he had somewhat to say to him when nobody else was present. Accordingly, Saul sent away his servant that followed him. Then did the prophet take a vessel of oil, and poured it upon the head of the young man, and kissed him, and said, Be thou a king by the ordination of God against the Philistines, and for avenging the Hebrews for what they have suffered by them. Of this thou shalt have a sign which I would have thee take notice of. As soon as thou art departed hence, thou wilt find three men upon the road going to worship God at Bethel, 
the first of whom thou wilt see carrying three loaves of bread, the second carrying a kid of the goats, and the third will follow them carrying a bottle of wine. These three men will salute thee, and speak kindly to thee, and will give thee two of their loaves, which thou shalt accept of. And thence thou shalt come to a place called Rachel's Monument, where thou shalt meet with those that will tell thee thy asses are found. After this, when thou comest to Gabatha, thou shalt overtake a company of prophets, and thou shalt be seized with the divine spirit, and prophesy along with them, till every one that sees thee shall be astonished, and wonder, and say, Whence is it that the son of Kish has arrived at this degree of happiness? And when these signs have happened to thee, know that God is with thee. Then do thou salute thy father and thy kindred. Thou shalt also come when I send for thee to Gilgal, that we may offer thank-offerings to God for these blessings. When Samuel had said this and foretold these things, he sent the young man away. Now all things fell out to Saul according to the prophecy of Samuel. But as soon as Saul came into the house of his kinsman Abner, whom indeed he loved better than the rest of his relations, he was asked by him concerning his journey, and what accidents happened to him therein, and he concealed none of the other things from him, no, not his coming to Samuel the prophet, nor how he told him the asses were found, but he said nothing to him about the kingdom and what belonged thereto, which he thought would procure him envy and when such things are heard they are not easily believed nor did he think it prudent to tell those things to him although he appeared very friendly to him and one whom he loved above the rest of his relations considering i suppose what human nature really is that no one is a firm friend neither among our intimates nor of our kindred nor do they preserve that kind disposition when god advances men to great prosperity but they are still ill-natured and envious at those that are in eminent stations. Then Samuel called the people together to the city of Mizpah, and, spoke to, and spake to them in the words following, which he said he was to speak by the command of God, that when he had granted them a state of liberty and brought their enemies into subjection, they were become unmindful of his benefits, and rejected God that he should not be their king, as not considering that it would be most for their advantage to be presided over by the best of beings, for God is the best of beings, and they chose to have a man for their king, while kings will use their subjects as beasts, according to the violence of their own wills and inclinations and other passions, as wholly carried away with the lust of power, but will not endeavor so to preserve the race of mankind as his own workmanship and creation, which for that very reason God would take care of. But since you have come to a fixed resolution, and this injurious treatment of God has quite prevailed over you, dispose yourselves by your tribes and scepters, and cast lots. When the Hebrews had done so, the lot fell upon the tribe of Benjamin. And when the lot was cast for the families of this tribe, that which was called Matri was taken. And when the lot was cast for the single persons of that family, Saul, the son of Kish, was taken for their king. When the young man knew this, he prevented their sending for him, and immediately went away and hid himself. I suppose that it was because he would not have it thought that he willingly took the government upon him.
Nay, he showed such a degree of command over himself, and of modesty, that while the greatest part are not able to contain their joy, even in the gaining of small advantages, but presently show themselves publicly to all men, this man did not only show nothing of that nature, when he was appointed to be the lord of so many and so great tribes, but crept away and concealed himself out of the sight of those he was to reign over, and made them seek him, and that with a good deal of trouble. So when the people were at a loss and solicitous because Saul disappeared, the prophet besought God to show where the young man was, and to produce him before them. So when they had learned of God the place where Saul was hidden, they sent men to bring him, and when he was come, they set him in the midst of the multitude. Now he was taller than any of them, and his stature was very majestic. Then said the prophet, God gives you this man to be your king. See how he is higher than any of the people, and worthy of this dominion. So as soon as the people had made acclamation, God saved the king, the prophet wrote down what would come to pass in a book, and read it in the hearing of the king, and laid up the book in the tabernacle of God, to be a witness to future generations of what he had foretold. So when Samuel had finished this matter, he dismissed the multitude, and came himself to the city Rena, for it was his own country. Saul also went away to Gibeah, where he was born, and many good men there were who paid him the respect that was due to him, but the greater part were ill men, who despised him and derided the others, who neither did bring him presents, nor did they in affection or even in words regard to please him. End of Book 6, Chapters 3 and 4 Recording by Nicola Kay